Welcome to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. If some days you doubt yourself and you don't know what you're doing, if you've ugly cried alone in your bedroom because you felt like you're failing, well, I just want you to know you're not alone and you have come to the right place. Raising tweens and teens in today's world is not easy. And I'm on a mission to equip you to love well and to raise emotionally healthy, happy tweens and teens that thrive. I believe that moms are heroes and we have the power to transform our family and to impact future generations. If you are looking for answers, encouragement, and to become more of the mom and the woman that you want to be, welcome. I'm Cheryl Gould, and I am so glad that you're here. Hi, friend. Welcome to the show today. And I am so excited. Today is the day, our free three-day workshop series, Escaping Entitlement, kicks off today, September 27th at 12 noon central. And it's not too late to sign up, even if you are listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday or whenever you're hearing this, you can still sign up to receive the replays. And you can also still come, even if you're a day or two late. And then the following week, I'm also offering some free bonus workshops. Shh, it's like I haven't told everybody that yet. But you have to sign up to find out all the details. And you will get the emails. And it's such a meaningful time. You're going to walk away so encouraged. It's my favorite thing to do because I get to personally connect with you. I just love it. So you can go to momsoftweensandteens.com slash entitled to find out all the details and to sign up. So on to our show. I can't wait for you to hear this interview with Sarah Engel. And I had the pleasure of being able to get together with her personally when I was in Texas visiting my daughter at college. And one of my daughter's best friends told me about Sarah because she is a college professor there and told me what Sarah was doing. And I loved her. She is so warm and transparent and has such a beautiful story that I just can't wait to share her Better Box with you. And she founded the Better Box, which is based on extensive research and a holistic approach to enhancing mental health. And Sarah personally understands what it's like to love someone with mental health challenges. And out of her trauma, which she is going to share with you her story, she chose to create something beautiful to help others. And like I said, Sarah is also a college professor. And after watching many of her students struggle with anxiety, depression, and other mental health challenges, the better box was born. And just a few things that we talk about in this episode is the signs of depression in teens and the role shame can play and 
Also, the signs of depression that Sarah missed with her loved one, the importance of having open conversations about feelings and mental health with our kids, and so much more. So let's dig in, and I can't wait for you to listen. Welcome, Sarah, to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you and happy that you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is a great opportunity and you are so fun. So <laughs> so are you. And for the listeners, we met through one of my daughters, my youngest that was at college through her roommate. I want our listeners to hear about you and you a um, little bit about your background and your personal story. Sure. Um, so I am 42 years old, and I am a professor at Texas Christian University, and I teach in the Department of Strategic Communication, and everyone's like, what does that even mean? Well, that means that I teach advertising and public relations classes and also teach some writing classes too, which is a joy uh, because I love writing. And so um, I think that the way that BetterBox really came to life has been because of the journey that I lived, um, which started really when I was in my twenties. So I uh, married my high school sweetheart. Um, We started dating when we were 18 at Haltom High School, go Buffs, in (laughs) New York, Texas. And, um, you know, we dated through college. I moved to uh, a college to go with him there. He was a swimmer and got a scholarship. And we got married when we were 24. And, you know, we never dated anybody else. It was one of those beautiful romances. And very soon after we got married, um, he got diagnosed with chronic depression. And it was something that he didn't realize he had. I didn't know anything about any type of mental illness. Um, I had been very lucky in my life thus far to have been spared um, any personal experience with it. And my family hadn't been, hadn't experienced it. So neither one of us really knew how to handle it uh, well. And this is a time too, you know, this is gosh, almost 20 years ago uh, when mental health wasn't talked about like it is now. It was not part of the conversation. You didn't go up to a friend or family and say, Hey, I'm dealing with chronic depression. You know, it was very, even so much more stigmatized than it is today. So I kind of thought, well, you know, he needs counseling. He needs medication. And I also thought wrongly, well, I can be happy enough for the both of us and I can fix you. And I, you know, how sometimes we think we can do these things. So that was kind of um, the journey that we started on really right after we got married. And um, that was the journey of our entire marriage. And unfortunately, um, that journey didn't end well for us. Uh, he didn't do the things that we know now you have to do to take care of yourself, to take care of your body, take care of your mind. Um, when you have something like that, um, you know, and I think that it's hard to treat any type of illness, physical illness, mental illness, 
it's hard to do it. It's hard to maintain it. But when you are aware and really, really, really want to, when you have that support system in place, it is very possible to do it. And I think it's a very possible to overcome it um, mm-hmm. with time and work. Mm-hmm. So we ended up getting divorced in a large part because of it. Um, and, but before that we had a wonderful daughter together mm-hmm. uh, named Amelia. And um, I always kind of was worried and I still am that she might inherit the, you know, cause some mental illnesses have a genetic predisposition, right? Genetic link. And so I was always a little bit, okay, I'm going to learn as much as I can about mental health, mental illness, so that I can, if this, she starts, if this is something in her, um, in her sweet little body, then I will understand what I need to do this time to really help her, to really be there for her in a way that a lot of us just don't know how to do, not because we don't want to, but just because we don't have that knowledge, you know, something that we understand. So that has kind that has been always part of my story and my history. And um it was it was a sad thing. I mean, divorce is sad, it's hard, especially when you've been with someone for 17 years. Mm-hmm. So I've always kind of thought, how can I turn, you know, this heartbreak into something beautiful? You know, how can you turn your um, trauma into triumph. And, uh, during the pandemic, I saw my college students at TCU struggling so much with mental health. Um, and at TCU, as many universities, you know, periodically will have a suicide on campus. One of the students, um, it'll be announced. Um, and that's happened. I've been there for six years. I would say that that happens periodically. Mm-hmm. And those are just the students that we know about, you know, um, suicide, especially in that age bracket is a very real thing. And um, I thought, what are some tangible evidence-based techniques and practices that I could create and provide for my students, for myself or my friends? Um, that could get them past the a terrible moment in time, which I think is a lot of reason people um, take their lives is because mm-hmm. they can't get past that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get them to that next level. Maybe that next level is talking to a crisis intervention, counseling, whatever it is. And then, you know, sometimes it's just like, I'm having a really bad day, you know, and I need something wonderful to do. So better box is a happiness toolkit for mental health. I'm just saying a sentence after my whole <laughs> long, <laughs> why did I do this? My, why, my, why? Um, that's what it is. And, you know, I've seen it be pretty effective so far. Um, but really if it, in actuality, if it could help one person, you know, past a really traumatic season, then it's really worth it to me because I know what that feels like. Yeah, yeah. I'm th- I'm thinking as you're, I have some things I want you to talk about after sharing your story, but I 
I'm thinking about how a better box too, it it's, it's giving it to somebody and mm-hmm. just how that alone, I'm thinking of you. I care about you. Somebody sees you and it's giving, you know, in addition to that, it's like, we can often feel like nobody cares about me. Nobody's thinking about me and to be able to give something to somebody to show that care is a powerful thing. It is. I think that um, a lot of times we feel very lonely. Yeah. And, um, you know, we are social creatures as humans. That is how our brains developed. And um, I think we all need someone and we all need to feel like we are loved and cared for. And I think you're right. You know, giving someone a better box makes them feel like, oh my gosh, you know, this is a special present gift for me that this person cared so much about like how I feel about myself and how happy I am that they wanted to give me the students. It's a highly experiential um, opening it, you know, it's real pretty. It's well-designed it has tissue paper and stickers and you open it up. It's like, Oh, it's like a beautiful, like, like a joyful basket of like happy, you know, that's kind of springing out of it. Um, so I do think that, yes, like, especially I think women particularly, uh, love to get gifts like this. I know all the women in my life do. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm going to hold it up after, you know, when, and we'll talk about each thing, but it is, and it's beautiful the way you did it. And it is so fun, the tissue paper and the box itself and the smile and yeah, you just, and I, I think that guys like it too. They're just maybe not gonna Mm -hmm. admit it as much, but that it makes them feel good too. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think, I think that, yeah, I think, I mean, there's a candle in there, you know, and, um, I think guys like candles, but it's sometimes not the most manly thing to admit, but Uh they they like candles. All the guys that I know, they all, they all have candles in their house. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I, I want to touch on a few things of your, about your story that you shared. Because I think it's important for the listeners to hear. Um, I'm curious with your uh, high school sweetheart, your your ex-husband, when you look back, did you see any signs before he, you know, before you even got married that there was some depression there? Because I, I, I think that it's hard to see it if you don't, like you said, you never experienced anything like it. So it was hard to see it. And I know a lot of our listeners have kids that it's hard to see it because they're teenagers and a lot of the, a lot of the behaviors, it might come out as being disrespectful or procrastinating or, you know, just different behaviors and you don't recognize it. So did you have any red flags that you didn't see and you were in denial around? And that's such a great question. Um, and so what I've learned about chronic depression, and I, I've written about it some in the past as well, is that it usually presents itself um, in by like the teenage years. That's pretty common. It has a presentation in teenagers when it presents. Um, I didn't notice it initially in him while we were in college 
but he was depressed while in college because when we were joking earlier, I went to a party school, you know, and um, most of the time we were out drinking with friends. Um, he would sleep a lot, but everyone slept a lot, you know, and he had his, he, I mean, we were together a lot, but he had a separate life uh, that I didn't see where he was going to his classes. He was, you know, he was an athlete. So he's doing all of those practices. He was working. Um, and I kind of always just chalked it up to, we had a very, we had very different personalities. You know, I was much more optimistic, happy, and he wasn't as much. Um, but in retrospect, they were there. Uh, I just would have never in a million years seen it. I think as parents, if I were to look now toward my own daughter, she's, she's 10 right now. You know, if I wanted to be really cognizant of what to look for, I would say, um, has her sleeping pattern changed? You know, uh, is she spending more time alone in her room? Which is hard to know too, because they do, when they get into the teen years, they do spend more time in the room. They do. They spend more time. I mean, she's even, she's just 10 now and she's spending a lot more time in her room, you know, drawing or organizing or, you know, doing these things that she likes to do. She's establishing her own independence and self, which is wonderful and important. Uh, I think also probably maybe a little bit of, and I saw this with my ex-husband, there's an emotional disconnection. There was a big emotional disconnection between us um, because he had so much shame around not wanting to face or admit how he was feeling. And that shame, he didn't want me to see it. So he pulled back Mm. and it caused a big disconnection between us. And I think for him, at least that shame never, it didn't go away for the course of our marriage. It didn't go away. It was always there. And so he's always was trying to cover it up, you know, Mm. and it, resulted in just disconnection, um, lack of, you know, that kind of emotional engagement and communication that's so important in a marriage. And you were, you said you were trying to, I can't remember exactly the words like save him or, you know, when you look back and of course we don't, we don't want to look back and ever, you know, shame ourselves for how we do, we do the best we can at the time. But do you think of what maybe you would have done differently now that would have been helpful that was not helpful at the time? Absolutely. Um, Well, so my one big takeaway from the experience that I think everyone um, should kind of keep in mind that I wish I'd known when I was 24 is that no matter how much we love somebody, we cannot change them. Mm-hmm. And we cannot help them. They have to be willing to help themselves, no matter how much we love that person. Um, at the end of the day, that person has to be willing to put in the work, say, okay, I'm going to do this. Okay, I'm going to try it because it matters. And for my ex husband, he did eventually 
but it was only after he lost the marriage, um, you know, that he did it. He had to lose everything and then he did. So, and that's, and that's terrible. And I hate that, you know, like you don't want to get to the point where you have to, you have to, to go to total loss, you know, let's stop it before it gets to that point. Yeah. Well, and I'm thinking how easy as a parent it is to get in the way because we're trying so hard because we, you know, if you think of with our kids, we love them so much. Mm-hmm. And at that age, they tend to resist the more that we push rather mm-hmm. than trying to empower them mm-hmm. um, to take ownership. Like what I hear is he had to take ownership of his own mental health. You could not make him do that. And I feel like it's this weird human nature thing where the more that we try to make somebody, the more that they resist. Do you feel like that was part of the case here? That was oh, that? absolutely. I mean, yeah. and you know, I think that he felt like I was forcing him to do too many things that I was pushing him in a way that he didn't feel comfortable with. Um, you know, all these different dynamics were at play. And I think something that would have been helpful and something I try to do with my daughter now is we have open conversations about feelings, about mental health, about, um, hard things, you know, it's like open door. Uh, cause I want, I want to now as she's a 10 year old, to build that foundation of knowing that I'm a safe space to talk about really, really hard things with no judgment, because I know that my ex-husband felt that I judged him a lot Mm -hmm. and, you know, that was never my intention, but I can absolutely see how that he would have felt that way, you know, in retrospect. Well, it's easy to feel scared. When you love somebody and you see that happening and what's our natural reaction when we feel scared is we want to control it because we feel so powerless. Oh, yeah. 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 Which is what I love about BetterBox because I feel like, you know, BetterBox is opening that door and it is getting that conversation started. And like you said, with your daughter, being able to talk to her about her feelings and how she's doing and be that safe, non-judgmental place. This just feels like such a bridge to becoming more self-aware of our mental health and so many levels. Mm -hmm. So can we go through it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The listeners can't see it. Okay. But I just want to say, so you open this up. We're going to talk about who you give this to and what you're doing with it, but it's this better box and it's really colorful in the front. It's got this smile. (laughs) I love it. Then when I opened it up, it had this beautiful tissue and a little sticker. And then it says happiness starts here. Your evidence informed holistic happiness toolkit. So uh, step one. So go tell us about step one. Sure. So inside, inside the box and the card that you've got there, 
and I, this is how I like to think about and explain it. It's like, you know, for women, we all understand the skincare process. It's like, we have a thousand different things. What should we choose? And so I wanted to have the card in there to say, all right, we got three products in here, three steps, and this is why they work. And this is how to do it. Um, so, you know, we have a gratitude journal in there and the gratitude journal is this cute, small little pocket journal. Yes. With all these different designs that you write down your daily gratitude in and it's free flow. However you want to use it. If you want to doodle, if you want to have quotes, but it's like, this is your tool to write down gratitude, keep it by your bed in the morning or do it before you go to bed at night. I like doing it in the morning. Personally, it kind of sets the day off for me in a positive way. And it really does change your mind. Um, it really changes the way that your mind is working. It really does. Um, the science backs it up and it's really cool in that way. Then this, another thing we have in the box is a lavender candle. And so lavender is, <laughs> I know it's so cool. I wish I could, I could smell it through this, through the screen. I can smell it. I love it. Yeah. I've been waiting to do this interview, so I didn't burn it yet. <sighs> Uh, now I can burn it. I'll you can it right burn it here on my desk when I work it's, and I'm like having a panic attack with all I have to do. <laughs> I know. I mean, it, it, the, the count. So that's lavender tea. And I get it from this beautiful company called 221 Co. And um, they produce beautiful things, the journal and that candle. But lavender has the power to calm reduce anxiety, just inhaling the scent of lavender. Uh, and I wish I'd known about this 10 years ago, I would have been having lander, lavender candles burning just constantly, <laughs> like all the time. I'd be like, what? All I gotta do is light a lavender. But it really does. It's just a simple thing that no, it's not end all be all fix everything, but it's one action step you can take to actually create a positive impact in your brain. Just one thing you can do, create a positive impact. And then the last thing in the box, which is my favorite, favorite thing are called inspiration cards. And there's a little mini inspiration cards that come with envelopes. Um, they're all different designs. I have different quotes on them. Like it's okay to not be okay. Uh, you do hard things to be well. And those cards are designed for the receiver of the better box to give to other people. So you open up the cards and I've got one of them that says, um, yes, you, yes, you are very much appreciated for what you do. So that's a card that I might give to my mom because she does so much for me in my life has still does. And, uh, you know, the blank, the back is blank on purpose. You can write something like I'd relate dear mom. I love you so much. I appreciate everything you've done for me. Thank you you know, and put an envelope and give it to her. So there's little envelopes that come with, which I think is so nice. So it doesn't make it hard. Even thinking of you, like, Mm -hmm. so appreciate, you know, you and thinking of you today, like what a difference that makes. It really does. And, you know, when we think about how connect, and so those are, those are connection. And so how connection impacts the brain. And we were talking about this earlier, you know, we are social creatures. Humans were designed for connection with others. We are tribal. That is how we are. And this is a connection point 
that you can make with another person, you are making them feel better. And by them making them feel better, you are feeling better in turn and you're forming a deeper relationship. So again, small actionable step that you can take that really does produce a result um, pretty immediately too. Cause once you give them that and they're like, Oh, then you're like, Oh, and you just both feel, you feel kind of that circle. I'm yeah. Good. Yeah. I love it so much. Well, now who are you focusing on with these boxes? So my largest clients today have been, I sold some to school districts. I work with some school districts around in Texas. Um, I've worked with Cook Children's. I sold an order to them first and I actually gave them to um, their behavioral health physicians. And this was last year. And then um, I'm working with a lot of mental health organizations here in Fort Worth and Tarrant County. Uh, I'm doing a big order right now that's going to go out to teachers, which is really cool. You're dear to my heart. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think in terms of who would most benefit from this, the answer would really be anyone because the products and the practices are accessible. They're simple. Um, I would say age wise, I did a little program with my daughter's elementary school. They just exchanged cards. I gave them the card components and they did that and they loved it. Little kid, the little like third and fourth graders were like write little cards and giving people and they love that. So some things in the box are appropriate for that age bracket, but really we're thinking older, you know, probably I would say middle school, high school and above are going to be more so. Okay. What, what are you seeing the difference that it's making? Yeah. So the cards themselves, and this is just information I got from a school counselor that she told me um, at my daughter's school was that um, the kids that gave the cards were so happy. They came back to her her and said, Miss Emily, Miss Emily, I gave them the card and they were so happy. Oh my gosh, I was so happy. You know, and this is a, this is a fourth grader, you know, internalizing this action um, through it and how excited they were to have these cards and give them away Um, for, you know, our old, for adults would say our age group that are getting them. The box makes them feel like somebody really cares about them, Um, that someone believes enough in them and their future to buy them something that's going to build it, you know, that's going to take care of them um, in a really meaningful and deep way. Yeah. I, I, I love that. Are they, do you feel like it's gotten the converse to help to get the conversation going as well with the stigma around mental health? Cause I'm even thinking it would be so helpful in the school system to be able to have the teacher share the better box with all the students and then talking about what the signs are and coming alongside of of, you know, their friends and being that feeling like, you know, they understand it. Like you're teaching your daughter to understand mental health at a very young age. It's important for the kids to understand as well. How do you handle it when 
a friend comes up to you and they tell you they're depressed. What do you do with that? Yeah, I think it does. I think it's kind of an entry point into the conversation. Um, And I actually use it a lot uh, at my job at TCU. All my students, most of them know that I do this. And um, I have like, I'll have cards out on my desk. I have the candle out at work. and, And a lot of times in my class, in my classes on the first day or middle of the semester, I will give them out cards, you know, I'll, or I'll say, Hey, y'all, I brought 25 cards with different little lines on them. You pick one that you want to give to somebody else. And then they'll be like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. What is this? And then I'll tell them about it. And so then they feel like I've opened that door with them to have a greater conversation about mental health, you know, and then you know, at some point in the semester, I'll have a handful come into my office and just say, Hey, um, here's what's going on. And I want to talk about it. And I always say, okay, I'm not a licensed counselor. <laughs> I was like, I'm not a licensed counselor, you know, but I, I can sit here and, uh, I can listen to you and I can tell you what, um, maybe how that would make me feel. If that, if that were happening to you, you know? Uh, so that's kind of the door that it's open for me. And also, you know, I think here in Fort Worth, we're, we're like this really big, small town. Um, friends and colleagues that know that I do this, they feel much more open talking to me about mental health issues. And, um, and I think, you know, I'm, I am grateful and happy that I can receive that information and feel like that's a safe space to have those conversations. Yeah. Just the power of listening. And what I love about the better box is it keeps it simple. I think that our human nature, we make it so complicated. We, we do this um, Valentine day affirmation uh, printables through moms of tweens and teens. And it's like two sheets of specific affirmations. Mm. And I've had so heard from so many parents, just the difference that that's made focusing more on the positive and being able to affirm their kids. And this reminds me of that a little bit with just your it's giving a card to somebody that I'm thinking of you, giving a box where I care about you with the candle, those little things. And those little things make a difference. You know, I, I think you've hit on something that's so universal here um, that I've thought about so much since the pandemic. And it's like the little things in life are the biggest things. Yes. I mean, you know, I think during the pandemic, I was so worried, especially in the beginning about getting COVID and then not knowing I had it and accidentally giving it to my parents. It was like my, it was such a fear of mine, um, giving it to them and then dying from it. I mean, it was, it was such a fear. So anytime that, you know, I would go TCU had COVID tests, we get them anytime I would get a COVID test at TCU and I would go over there right after the test, get the, I'm like, okay, I know I don't have it. I'm good. I know that I can at least spend, you know, however many days with them. And it, I just relished that small connection, that dinner we had, that whatever it was, that hugging, you know, whatever. And just 
that little thing was so meaningful. And I think our lives are a built upon these little moments, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It made you appreciate it that much more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, Sarah, you have to tell our listeners, um, about where to find you and how to order these boxes. We have a lot of administrators that listen and teachers and uh, social workers and healthcare providers, where to find you so that they can order the boxes, even give them to their, give them to their staff, teachers, students. I would love that. Um, I love social workers. I did some research with a team of social workers at TCU. My heart goes out to y'all. Um, so the best way is to, um, you can look at my website, of course, and that's yourbetterbox.org. Um, if you want to have a conversation with me, maybe to do a customized order or just saying, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Do you think, what audience do you think this would be best for? And we can have a longer conversation Um, I run my social media and I look at it all the time. So my Instagram handle is at your underscore better box and, um, your underscore better box and you can just call me (laughs) and my, my cell phone number is on my Instagram too. So you can reach out that way as well. Yeah. And I will put all the links, uh, all the links, um, in the show notes so that they can find you as well. Yeah. I mean, I, in terms of, I think that of course I like teachers, my parents are both teachers, public school teachers, I think is a beautiful gift for teachers. Teachers have a really, really hard job. Um, my mom did elementary school for 30 years. I do not know how she did it. It's incredible. My dad did high school. So it's beautiful for teachers, beautiful for those of us in the service professions where we're serving others. It's good. How can we love ourselves and take care of ourselves at the same time? You know? Yeah. So I just want to close on this note. You have this on your Instagram burnout exists because we've made rest a reward rather than a right. And I love that. I love that. How important it is with what you just said to love ourselves and to be kind to ourselves and each other with wherever we're at. Absolutely. I think self-compassion is the biggest gift that we can give ourselves and give anybody. I agree. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for what you're doing. And I just am excited to hear about all the orders that come in for people that want to give their loved ones, colleagues, students, uh, friends, better boxes. So thank you for having me. You are a joy. Well, that's it for today. And thank you, friend, for joining me. And I hope that you will sign up for our three-day free training, Escaping Entitlement. We're going to talk all about how to empower our kids and break the entitlement trap. And you can go to momsoftweensandteens.com slash entitled and find out more and sign up there. And you will get the emails about the workshops that are also going to be coming up the following week, which are actually in the evening, central time, 
um, depending upon where you live. But those are going to be in the evening. And then this week, it's going to be 12 noon central. So I know if you're in the UK, that is six o'clock your time. So we try to we try to uh, accommodate everybody wherever you are at because you matter so much to me. So have a great week and I hope to see you at the workshop. 